Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Self-Care with Esther. Happy 2019. Let's dive right in. So I want to talk today about something that I've been working on pretty intensely that has helped my self-care practice immensely, and that is paying better attention to my thoughts. I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I really want to dive in today. I want to give a whole episode to this because I'm realizing the danger of letting your thoughts go wild without controlling, paying attention to, examining them, etc. So this may be a new concept for some of you, and for others, this may be something that you've been working on. Um, If this is a new concept for you, I encourage you to stick with it for the end of this episode, to the end of this episode, because when I first was um, explained this, it did not really resonate at first. I didn't really think that my thoughts held that much power, and I didn't really get it. Um, But I have since discovered that by paying better attention to my thoughts, I actually am doing myself a huge service um, instead of ignoring what's happening. So I just encourage you, if any of this doesn't feel like it fits, to just kind of push through a little bit, any discomfort, any resistance you're feeling, and just pay attention to it. So here's why thoughts are often problematic. Unexamined thoughts actually hold a ton of power over us. Um, If you have you're not looking at what's coming through your head and what you're thinking, you can have a day that is ruined. You can become a victim. You can stay in victim mode. You can be completely wrong. Your thoughts, your thoughts are not always right. In fact, your thoughts are often not right. Um, they're often not true and they can be incredibly destructive and not very affirming, self-affirming, life-affirming, etc. So I just encourage you to really start paying attention. Now, great, Esther, what does that even mean? So let me start us off. Have you ever been in, the, in a space where you are actually by yourself, you're having a great day, and then suddenly you're in a bad mood? If you've ever had that, there's nothing that's happened around you that has caused that necessarily. It's probably what just went through your head, came and went. But when you let a thought come and go without looking at what it was, it ends up affecting us often physically. And if you're somebody who is wanting to take care of your health, your self-care practice, it's important that we look at what is affecting our moods, our physical health, etc. So the first thing to think about is if you don't know how to even start, sometimes before we can even think about what our thought was, is you have to pay attention to your body. What does your body feel right now? If your body suddenly feels clammy, prickles under your armpits, that's a big one in my family. Um, perhaps you feel your little red faced, your heart starts pumping really fast, you feel anxious, sad, any of these things, when minutes to seconds before you were feeling fine, it probably means that a thought just passed unexamined and took hold, took root in your body. Okay, so that's sometimes the first clue. And for me, somebody who's been working on this for a couple of months now, so not even years, just a couple of months, still it's the first indicator for me that something's wrong. It's not the thought itself because I don't get to the thought first. It's still my body. Another thing can be a thought um, that I say over and over. That's sort of my touchstone as, oops, okay, something's going on. My thought that is usually a trigger word for me to pay attention is, I just can't. I'm, I'm so done right now. If I'm saying I'm so done right now or I'm, I can't, 
I really need to pay attention to the thought that just came up in my head. Because even if somebody else has said something to me that I'm not okay with, the thought that I had associated with that is usually the thing that pushes me over the edge. But if I'm not looking at that, then I'm going to just continue into this victim-y upset mode. Okay? So I encourage you to ask people, but also pay attention to yourself. So ask people if there is something that they tend to notice you say whenever you're done. Oh, that's my other one. I'm so done. <laughs> okay? So these are those things. Those are the trigger words that for me are like, ooh, ooh, pay attention what's going on. Or I start to notice in my body. Now, you're a human being on this earth. I promise you this week alone, you will have multiple moments when you are upset, where something changed, when suddenly you went from being happy to upset. And so you have ample experiences that will happen this week to practice and look at what's going on. So that's the first thing. The first thing is paying attention to when your body changes and to when if you have certain words that are an indication like, oh, something just passed through my head. The next thing is asking yourself, what was I thinking? What was the thought? Now, this is oddly rather hard. And when I've had people do this with me, and for instance, my therapist will say, well, what was your thought just now? I have to admit, it's not a muscle that I've used very much. And so sometimes I have a hard time bringing that thought up. So I just want to say that just in case you're someone who's like, I'm really having a hard time. I know that I'm upset or something just made me upset, but I don't really know what I was thinking. That's okay. This takes a little bit. For some of you, you may have no problem. Your thought comes right up. You're like, oh, I knew exactly what I was thinking. And I say, lucky you. Great. Because you've got halfway there. But if you have a hard time, I get it. It takes a while. You have to, it's a muscle you're not used to using. Just start paying attention. And then for me, the next step is writing down the thought. Because I'm a very visual person, I like to put pen to paper, um, I need to be able to see what my thought was. So I'm going to give you an example of what happened with me the other day. And if this is helpful to you, fantastic. So the other day, I it was a Monday. I'm already kind of grumpy. and But there's nothing that's necessarily happened. I got an email, and with the email... I just was frustrated. There was responsibility that I had to take. There was things I had to do, and I didn't want to do any of it. Okay? So instead of, you know, just quieting my thoughts and getting to it, I started to go in my head on the hamster wheel with so many thoughts. But because I could feel myself getting flushed, prickles under my armpits, starting to feel a little blah, I was like, oh, this was my homework, my homework this week was to write down what my thoughts were. And so suddenly, I was very much more present in my thoughts. And what I wrote down was, I don't have time for this. Um, This is not my responsibility. And I feel like I'm being ambushed. So then I looked at those three things that I wrote. And I decided to look at whether or not they were actually true, if there was any truth to them, and, and sort of go from there. So the first one was, I don't have time for this. Was that true? No, I actually had time for it. I actually had plenty of time for it. And instead of feeling like the child that was scolded, like you have plenty of time for this, I was kind to myself. I was like, okay, so it actually isn't something that's impossible. You could do it. And then the next thing, oh, shoot, what did I say it was? The next thing was, um, this isn't my responsibility. Was it not? So I looked at the email. Was that not my responsibility? No, it was also my responsibility. 
So I took some ownership in that. I sort of remembered what my role was. I remembered what my title was, what I get paid to do, all these things. And this actually is my responsibility. And the third thing, I'm going to get ambushed. Now, did I know whether or not I was going to get ambushed at that point? I did not. So that was a projection. And the word ambush is something that in me makes me suddenly quite anxious. So by looking at what I wrote and seeing a little bit of my paranoia, I was able to talk some sense into myself and also be a little smarter about a timeline. There's something in me, and it's something I'm working on, where if somebody asks something of me, I feel like I need to do this task immediately, right now. And that's where the anxiety comes in. The email nowhere did it state, Esther, this needs to be done immediately. What's wrong with you? You, you have plenty of, you know, there was nothing like that. It was just something about a Monday morning, feeling a little overwhelmed in the morning, not having coffee at all these things that made that email feel a little more intense than it actually was. When I was able to look at my words, break it down, decide what was actually true and what was not, I realized that A, I'm very capable. B, I wasn't projecting that I'm going to get ambushed probably isn't going to help me in a situation anyway and may not even be true. So I'm worrying over something that hasn't even happened yet, and I'm feeling incredibly stressed. So this was such a good exercise for me, and I started doing it for the rest of the week. And this was something I did. I would put it in my phone. I didn't always have a notebook. And then I was able to look at my thoughts through the course of the week. And I'm going to tell you people, they were a little strange. I couldn't believe some of the things I actually had been... I keep saying actually. That must be so annoying for you all. Uh... Let me try to find another word. Synonym. Can't find it. Anyway, um, it really made me realize that until I was able to see, you caught me there, didn't you? Until I was able to see the words that I was thinking, it was not going to, it didn't hold as much power because suddenly I had my words on my phone. I'm looking at what I'm thinking and they're, they don't hold any power anymore because they're not true. Right, And I was able to get through the thing that scared me, and it was fine. Now, this isn't always going to be the case. This was a small example, and because of the privacy of the nature, I can't really go into specifics. But I want you to start thinking for yourself about what would it be like if you could look at the words that you're thinking, the thoughts that you're thinking, and really examine them and decide for yourself if they hold any water or if they're kind of lame. And I don't mean that in a negative. I don't mean to shame anyone because I didn't, when I looked at the words, I didn't shame myself anymore. I just was able to see that I was causing myself more anxiety than was necessary. That's the goal of looking at your thoughts is living a life that's a little bit more in control, specifically of your thoughts. There's a lot we can't control. Most of the things we can't control, but we can control our thoughts and our thoughts are incredibly powerful. And when you start to see how much control your thoughts have over you, it's life-changing, especially when you're able to examine them and decide whether or not they're actually true. Okay, that's, that's all I'm going to talk about today. So your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to this week pay attention. And at first, feel your body. When your body has a, has a weird moment, I want you to pay attention. Do you have words you use when you're feeling overwhelmed? Those are clues. 
Ask your friends, is there something I always say when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed? And then write it down or say it out loud so that you can take away the power of those thoughts and then examine them from there. Does that sound like a plan? All right, you've got this. I've got another episode that'll be coming up shortly, okay? Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Self-Care with Esther. Thanks for joining me. So I've noticed that the most listened to episode is on setting boundaries, and I'm not surprised by that. I think highly sensitive people, empaths, caregivers, we all have a hard time with boundaries. We want to give, 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 and the next thing we know, we have nothing left and are spent, are burned out, exhausted, resentful, angry, you name it. And so boundaries are tricky. So I am happy to do a second part to my first episode about setting boundaries a while ago to just add some things to it, a little bit more meat so that we can really get better at um, setting boundaries. I also just want to acknowledge that right now in the world, it is exhausting. There are so many awful things happening and um, it can be a little overwhelming again, especially for people who tend to feel things deeply. So I want to give you permission that there are going to be times that you feel like your self-care practice has fallen off the wagon because maybe you had all these things you wanted to accomplish that were quote unquote for you, but all you could do was rest or sleep or binge watch TV. And I want to give you that permission right now to do that every once in a while. Sometimes the best thing for you is to stay in your bed and sleep or is to binge watch Queer Eye. That's the best for me. puts me in a totally better place, um, or the great British bake off. Anyways, just saying some ideas, but I just wanted to give you that permission because I think sometimes we think that we're failing ourselves by not being able to cross thing off things off lists, or let's say you had something that you were going to do for yourself, but maybe the very thing you need to do is nothing. And that is okay too. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that doing nothing sometimes is not explained enough as such a valuable piece of recovery for you when you're in a bad spot. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about other things that I didn't discuss in the other episode about setting boundaries. The first thing is a timeline. So I want to talk about when you are feeling overwhelmed. Maybe a bunch of people are throwing things at you. They want this. This could be at work, in your personal life, whatever. When you have a bunch of things thrown at you and you start to feel the overwhelm. In my case, this happened a couple of weeks ago. I had a lot being thrown at me. I started doing a couple things that I had never done before because why? I've been paying attention to my thoughts. Hopefully you listened to the episode before here. It's all about paying attention to your thoughts and the power of changing your life, honestly, through listening and paying better attention to what your thoughts are telling you. So when I started noticing, for me, my red flag and when I know I have to stop is when I say, I'm done. I'm so done. If I say it or think I'm done, that is my word to stop and look at what's happening. And what happened the other week when I noticed that I said I'm done was that I had just gotten an influx of requests from multiple people to do multiple things. There was no possible way I was going to be able to get all these things done. No possible way. And so the first thing I did was write down all the things that had been asked of me. And it was a huge list. And I could start to feel my blood pressure rising, my heart going faster. And so I looked at this list and said, how can I help myself in this situation? There's no possible way I can get this all done. And so I 
decided I would start, I would email all the people that had made requests and ask for a timeline of when they needed this done. And in some cases, I asked if somebody else could do this. Was this something that needed to be done by me specifically, or could somebody else do this? Because what I had realized was I was just saying yes without pausing. So that's another boundary thing. Remember, something is asked of you, you do not need to answer automatically. I've learned this over time. I still have like kindergarten brain where I'm asked something and I immediately have to have like a quick answer. You don't have to. You can pause and think about it. So I had done that. I had said yes to things that I was actually didn't have the bandwidth to do. And so first, I inquired in some cases if this could be done by somebody, by somebody else. In some cases, it could and was. And then I asked what the timeline was because I was realizing the way I operate, everything is urgent. If somebody is asking something of me, I'm assuming they want it done right then and there. What I discovered was Many people did not have the same timeline I did in my head, but had I not inquired, I would have continued to go down my spiral and got incredibly anxious. So I encourage you to really, really ask these questions. First of all, pause before something is asked with asked of you. You don't have to say yes. Okay. Pause. Think about what's being asked and then really think about if you have the bandwidth to do it and get more information. Then if you do say yes to it, get a timeline. If they offer you a timeline that doesn't work for you, that's also important for your boss, your colleagues to know because they may not know how much you have on your plate. To be quite honest, until I listed everything that was asked of me, I didn't realize how much I had on my plate. And immediately I understood why I was feeling overwhelmed. Okay, so that's one tool. Another tool is I wanna talk about work email. So I am a big proponent of not having your work email on your phone. Now, if you are hearing me saying this right now and you're immediately, your feathers are getting ruffled, I want you to think about why that is just for you personally, because it may be that you feel like this is a necessary thing for you and it may not be. In my case, my job does end. There is no need for me to know what is going on at 5.01 on Friday. Now, I have that luxury, you may not. But what I realized was I know many people who continue to check their email throughout the weekend despite not needing to actually know what's going on. So if you are somebody who likes to have a heads up before you start your work week, I want you to start setting a boundary for yourself of when you check. There is no need for you to check your work email, I assume, when you are having coffee with somebody and hearing about what they're going, what's going on in their life. Have better boundaries because it is very hard to unread something, to unremember what you just saw. If you read something about work while you're supposed to be having a important connection, a coffee date, a this or that, and now they've gone to the bathroom real quick, you look at your phone and you look at your work email, it can completely change the tone, your day, your mood instantaneously. And so I want you to think about work email and if it really is essential, A, to have it on your phone and if not, and if it is, have boundaries with it. The next thing, no is a complete sentence. Sometimes when something is asked of us, we want to not make the person feel bad. We, especially for empaths, we very much want to make sure the other person feels okay and they're okay with our, with, uh, our answer. But sometimes no is enough. We don't have to give people more information than they need. 
And working in the city, oftentimes I run into people that I don't know, strangers who ask very strange things of me, who uh, don't have boundaries at all. And the next thing I know, I'm involved in a conversation that makes me feel uncomfortable, or I am you know, answering things that required no answer because I don't know this person and they don't need this information. So I really encourage you, especially if you are somebody who has a hard time with um, not responding, to be okay with the fact that it's better to be safe than nice. Okay, so that's a boundary both in when it comes to safety, but also when it comes to sharing your own information. That also, so this then goes into my final thing about boundaries. Sometimes people will ask you questions, um, which for them may feel like no big deal, but for you may not feel okay. You have every right to not answer something. You need to be careful with where your information is going. I think a lot of times people have the intent, have very good intentions, but it doesn't matter. If you don't feel comfortable sharing something and now you've shared something that was personal because you didn't give it any thought and you didn't want to disappoint them, you actually end up disappointing yourself. So the next boundary I want you to work on is being more true to yourself than you are to other people. This is weird. This is a weird one. I would rather you disappoint other people than you disappoint yourself. There's nothing more frustrating than giving up information to somebody that you wish you had never told them. Maybe you don't trust them. Maybe there's somebody that you don't know very well, and now you've just given information that you wish you didn't give. I can't tell you, especially about 15 years ago, that was my thing. I didn't know what to do when somebody asked me a question that was none of their business. I it was more important to me that they felt comfortable than I did. But I had to flip that script and I encourage you to. So again, I want you to think about this from here on out when questions are asked of you, would you rather disappoint them or yourself? And if it's them, then I want you to pay attention to that. And I want it to be more important to you that you not disappoint yourself. Okay. So those are just a couple of more things I want to add to the boundary list. I'm going to keep them coming. I love this subject. I'm constantly working on it myself. And I also just want to say that the right people in your life are the people that hear your boundary and respect it. Okay? The people that give you pushback over a boundary that is important to you are not the people you need in your life. But the people that when you put up a boundary, they hear you and they respect you and they're still in your life and they value you, keep those people around. Boundaries are not for other people, they're for you. All right, I could go on and on and on. Can you hear me? The coffee is kicking in. (laughs) People, be kind to yourself, okay? This is a lot is going on right now, and I just really wanted to talk today because I wanted to make sure I'm spreading the love and reminding you that life is hard and you're doing a great job and boundaries are so helpful in this practice. This is going to make you a better version of yourself, a better caregiver, a better person, a better empath. And I'm so excited to hear about your growth. Ah, let's do this together. Deep breath. Okay. Um, thanks everybody. And I'll do a new episode pretty soon.